The United States' answer to what Adlai Stevenson termed Soviet blackmail in Cuba was a quarantine of all offensive weapons being shipped from Russia to that island fortress. Crowds of the curious are held back at a respectful distance from the private funeral that Joe DiMaggio and others arranged for Marilyn Monroe. It was October 1962 and a new band from Liverpool released their first record. It was called Love Me Do and they were called The Beatles. Love me do. Welcome to episode three of Beyond the Crown, the drag queens of Ballandine. Now, yes, you did hear that episode title correctly. Alan Taylor tends the bar at the Ballandine Hall, often on a Thursday night for locals. Little did I know, he'd been crowned Miss Peach Blossom in 1962 as a protest against the Apple Blossom Festival in Stanthorpe. His friend Peter Day and others from the Ballandine Youth Group dressed up in women's clothing and sat on the Ballandine float in the very popular Apple Blossom Festival street parade that ran through the main commercial hub on Maryland Street and High Street in Stanthorpe. I sat down with Alan and Peter, both now crowned the drag queens of Ballandine, to find out why they were protesting against an Apple Blossom Festival. I'm flicking through a historical document about all the southern bells and entrance for the Apple Blossom Festival and the Apple and Grape Harvest Festival. And to my surprise, I see the 1962 drag queens of Ballandine and I'm talking to Miss Peach Blossom himself. Alan, tell me about what led up to such a float and such a protest as it was known as. Well, it all started off, it was the... Uh, it was Miss Apple Blossom, which was held in October, and we wanted to know why this end of the district was left out. So uh, it was. How were you left out? Can you describe that a bit more to us? Uh, well, everything was sort of uh, done for the other end of the district, and not this. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And we've also got Chucky Williamson. Off, you're off camera and you're off microphone, but we're going to put you a bit more in the limelight. Chucky, you've been a grower around here for many years. Can you tell us a little bit about what was going down the early 60s about that too? Oh, we had stone fruit. And it was the whole gambit, wasn't it? It was peaches, plums, apricots, the lot. Yeah. Yeah. We used to grow a few tomatoes on the side. Whatever. And it was always known as the Apple Blossom Festival. It was the protest about, hey, it's not representing the other stuff that's yes, grown around. It wasn't, wasn't representing our southern end. Because there wasn't many apples by the 60s, was We there? didn't have any apples here. Oh, yeah. Did your protest actually kick off turning it into apple and grape? Eventually it did, yeah. They, 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 the committee changed it to apple and grape to include this in and changed it to February instead of October. So that's how come uh, we put the float in and, uh, well, yeah, I was, I was the first queen, so, yeah. <laughs> the first Miss Peach Blossom. <laughs> Tell me about... 
Like in the 60s, there was this movement. People were struggling to get volunteers for the apple blossom. And we did have a change in 65. There was no festival per se. Describe that a little bit to us who weren't around back then in the 60s. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't sort of involved in that until until we got got this started. Well, it was Chucky's idea we got this started. And it was a Balandine youth group that sort of went into it. Yeah, and I happened to be the, the, the bunny that got roped into the... You were a bit of the old end of the youth group too because I'm looking at Sam Costanzo. I think he was about 11 years old. And we've also got Peter. Peter, how old were you on the back of that float dressed up in a dress? I was, I was too young to realise what I was doing, I think. <laughs> he says with a smile. <laughs> you look very happy on the back of the float with the photo. <laughs> Do you remember how old you were approximately? Uh, probably six Seven, six, probably. And we've, we had a nine-year-old birthday here tonight, so it's kind of giving it a little bit of, you know, context for how young you were on the back of the float. Yep. Yeah, too young to realise what I was doing. <laughs> Speaking of that nine-year-old, he's, he's having an absolute ripping time with the other kids who are here at the hall. Chucky, it was your idea. What was the whole idea behind doing this as a protest? I've forgotten now. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, it just um, used to be the apple and grape. So, so we protested that and made Miss Peach Blossom. And he was our first peach. Were there any other peaches that came along? No, we just, just shift them. Like, you, what were you? Oh, just flower girl. <laughs> <laughs> flower person. It all counts. <laughs> You needed an entourage, didn't you, Alan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I needed someone with me to help me. <laughs> what was the reactions to your float and the protest by not putting in an entrant from Ballandine for the apple blossom? Uh, I think, well, it must have worked because they ended up changing it uh, to both ends of the district. So, yeah, and we, when we did that one, we went straight from that to uh, the youth group doing their their, uh, their show that they put on for that thing. So um, we were all dressed underneath in our youth group. <laughs> and what was the show you did? Was it a performance that you did for the yeah. festival? Yeah. Can you remember what that was? Oh, well... We did different things uh, and did a pyramid and young David that was in the photo, he was he was the one that went right up the top. We sort of started off with, I don't know, six or something and then went all the way up to one. Uh, yeah, and we did that show. That was up at the show. Right? So, yeah, it was... Um, yeah, so I had to do it in lipstick, so... <laughs> You did all right. I noticed you're wearing a veil. Was that deliberate? Yes. So <laughs> That was how they couldn't see your face. Despite the fact that here I am in 2021 tracking you down. So the veil didn't work, I'm afraid, Alan. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I had my sister's dress on. <laughs> what were some of the reactions you got from the festival committee and other entrants? Was there opinions? 
I don't remember, no. Uh, it was just, you know, we went and did our thing and, yeah, so I think the crowd liked it and, yeah. So, <laughs> other than that, yeah. And a good reaction from the crowd then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we got a good reaction, so, yeah. I want to throw that over to Peter and Chucky. In terms of things, like, like you're talking about how we used to grow a few tomatoes and I'm just thinking that's one of the major crops that are grown around Ballandine now. Like I've seen grapes go the way of tomatoes. And like, and then the rise of the grape, the whole way along the Apple Blossom Festival. Grapes were doing their humble thing. Table grapes had their day and now we've got wine grapes. Funnily enough, we're pouring a glass right now. <laughs> And like the other, so we're going to get him on the microphone too, Sam Costanza. I mean, he's got one of the major Ballandine wineries too. So in terms of doing your protest, do you, was it really important for you to say, hey, it's more than just apples? Well, that's what we were sticking out for. It was all the, the southern end of the district because we didn't have apples. It was peaches and grapes. And that's an important distinction, isn't it? And still to this day, yeah. any of the apple orchards are definitely north of Stanthorpe. In terms of, like, apple and grape, I'm going to throw open to you guys. What's the future of the Apple and Grape Harvest Festival? Where do you think it needs to go? Is it the Apple, Grape and Tomato Festival? I suppose there's more tomatoes down in the district now. Alan could go for a run as Miss Tomato Blossom. Is that even a thing? Miss, <laughs> Miss Tomato Blush or Miss Roma Tomato? I'll quit while I'm ahead. Well, what are some of the things that you think the next generation have got to do with the Harvest Festival? That's a good question. But none of the younger ones seem to be interested. <clears throat> I mean, we've got one young ambassador who's here tonight. She helped out. But it's hard to keep going, isn't it? Yeah. And I don't think that's something that's gone away. It's interesting to look at the history, committee minutes, you know, we didn't have any volunteers to pull it off in 65. It never seems, it seems like history's repeating, isn't it? It's always hard to get the volunteers. It is. Yeah. So, I don't know what's going to happen in 10 years' time. Yeah. Peter, have you got ideas about where do you take a harvest festival into the future? I think things will evolve. Um, it may not be the way it... it um, it's been previously, but things have got a habit of just moving along and changing slightly. And we're sitting here surrounded in the Ballandine Hall with all the photos of previous entrants, and we're going right back to the 50s with, like, Dorothy and also others, um, right up to now. It's great to see young ambassadors that we've got some guys who've put their hands up in the past. And, like, I'm throwing it open to you. We've had a bit of a chuckle, ha-ha, we did the, you know, Miss Peach Blossom. What did you think of when you saw in 2002 young blokes putting their hands up to help with that? Yeah, well, you you, you always hope that there's going to be young people that'll come in and and, and do the job so that it'll continue on uh, when we're out of it, when we're too old to carry on. Yeah. You know, so... That's what the, the main thing is, is to hope that, that we've given the young people enough influence to, to carry on. And why is it important to carry on? Because so many other Apple festivals have just stopped around Australia. Well, it's, it's important to, to, for the district 
It's not just this end, it's the whole district that, that to get visitors in and, uh, well, you know, they spend money in the town and it helps, helps provide uh, a bit more for the town. Peter, why do you think it's important that we carry on? I think mainly to promote the, the district, like tourism now is, is probably getting as big as... Um, if you took apples and tomatoes and capsicums out of Stanthorpe, there wouldn't be much left in, in the wine industry. Yeah, the, the tourism around growing grapes and making them into wine is quite an industry in itself, rather than just selling the wine, isn't it? That's right, yeah. And you said the other one, capsicums. That's huge too. That's, I, I mean, I've said tomatoes, but I think half of what I've seen as tomatoes are also capsicums in this area. Capsicums have been, last 20 years before that, um, I guess no one really knew what they were too much. But seems to be probably a limited amount of places that you want to grow them, or you can grow them in the summertime, so they're fairly big around here. Yep. I know you're drinking local wine tonight. I'm just going to sort of throw it open to you with that leading statement. What makes this area so special? Why should people come here for harvest festivals and visit the area? It's uh, it's so close to Brisbane and probably half of Queensland's population. It's only three hours, two and a half, three hours away. So it's it's pretty easy, simple place to come to. And there's a lot here, so... I'm a convert. I totally agree, yes. And look, a last statement from Miss Peach Blossom from 1962. <laughs> why should people come here and why is it special? Well, I always reckon uh, this is a very special place. Uh, you know, because of the different climates. Uh, and, well, I grew up here and if I go away anywhere, I'm always glad to get back. Uh, so it's just, well, important to just to keep that going, yeah. And look, I'm converted in five minutes ago in Ballandine years, but I love Ballandine too. What makes Ballandine as a village in the Granite Belt special as well? Uh, well, it's a good community. Uh, it's always sort of stuck together and if anything happens, everybody rallies around and, uh, well, to me it's the best place in the world to be and I won't be leaving it. <laughs> that sounds pretty good to me. Trust the 1962 Miss Peach Blossom on his word. <laughs> I just want to say thank you very much, Alan. Thank you, Chucky, And thank you, Peter, for speaking with me today. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. I caught up later with Sam Costanzo of Golden Grove Estate about his dressing up in girls' clothing, but also his memories of the festival over time. Sam, there's a photo in the Ballandine Hall. Sorry, it's 1962 and you're about 10 or 11 years old. You're on a float for the street parade of the Apple Blossom Festival. What do you remember about that photo? Not a great deal. Until that photo went up, I did not remember that anymore um, until I was told there was this photo of me dressed up as a girl. And, I said, and it was in the bar at the Baldine Hall. And I, said, I, couldn't, I couldn't remember any such thing. 
And uh, and then when I saw the photo, I said, "Oh yeah, that was the that was the apple blossom time." And we were the uh, Ballandine um, Youth Club. And um, yep. yeah, we well the organisers the uh, of the youth club and that the um, we put this float in. They uh, I, don't, I from my recollection, I think it was old Mother Hubbard that um, someone says it could have been Miss Beach Blossom. So I'm not real sure. Yes, they had a sign of. Yeah, Miss Peach Blossom on the float. But Alan definitely looks like an old Mother Hubbard, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, 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 yeah. So there were three of us. There was Peter Day and David Hands and myself, dressed up as little girls with our pink umbrellas. <laughs> what do you remember or what did you get up to when you were a member of the Ballandine Youth Club? Oh, I was only 10 years old. <laughs> Yeah, we'd go down once a week, I think it was Monday nights or Tuesday nights it was, and they'd make us do gymnastics and different things and, you know, walk uh, on the horse uh, or gymnastics on the horse, on the carpet, yeah. on, the, on the mat, while the mat's out, and beep frog, all that sort of thing that you do as gymnastics. Yeah, it was, it was, it was good. Yeah, enjoyed, nice. yeah. And look, you were a kid during the days of the Apple Blossom Festival and then, you know, growing up as a teen and an adult through Apple and Grape Harvest Festival times, you know, what are your fond memories of the festival over the decades? My fond memories were I really enjoyed the Apple Blossom Festival at the time. Uh, You'd go in of a night time, the parade used to be in the evening. And um, I think it was Friday evening, I think the parade was. And then on Saturday and Sunday, there'd be events out at the Storm King Dam. I think it was a two-day. Oh, yeah. And uh, on Sunday, they used to have the speedboat racing out at Storm King Dam. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yep. So all the activity was out at Storm King Dam, and that's the first time I saw um, one of those um, haunted house things, you know? Because it, it'd be like a little, little oh, yep. sideshow yep. uh, alley, and there'd be, you know, there'd be, uh, in those days, there'd be the Ferris, not a fair day, not, don't think I ever saw a Ferris wheel, but. Um, what do they used to have? Chair of planes or something? Chair in a plane or uh, merry-go-round, sort of the bigger ones for bigger kids and things. Um, yeah, and and we had to put a display on. The youth club, Ballandine Youth Club, yep. we put a bit of a display on. Yeah. Tumble over each other and all that. And was that like, yeah, so like yeah. a gymnastics move? You'd put yeah. a display yeah. of that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, nice. So, um, and like with Golden Grove Estate too, um, like we now know it as Golden Grove Estate, but your parents bought in 1946. And I mean, when Mario and Nita bought the farm there, they were doing very different things to what you guys are doing now. What sort of changes have you seen even on, you know, the Costanzo oh, property? Uh, it's gone through many changes. Uh, Mum and Dad, uh, they grew uh, peas and beans 
during the uh, winter months, or beans through the summer months, and bees mainly just in the springtime. Uh, while they planted their orchard, planted um, vines and, you know, the musket grapes, and um, Dad would go and work for other farmers to... Uh, to supplement the income until we started, they started to produce their own stuff, you know, for markets, and that's how most of the most of the farms yep. Yep. in the Stanthorpe district, well, all the farms really started off like that from the migrant people. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gone through many changes. They grew yep. stone fruit and table grapes mainly. That was their mainly their main source of income was the uh, table grapes, which was musket grapes, Walton Cross grapes, and purple Polynesian grapes, uh, which are no longer available anymore. And uh, stone fruit, you know, like some early plums and some early apricots, and then the Alberta peaches, which would come on now. The Alberta peaches would be in, in full season now, and then. Um, and then Dad planted some wine grapes because the wine industry was starting to uh, develop around, and uh, so we planted some wine grapes, which was the Shiraz. Is Shiraz the oldest um, vines you've got on um, grapes? No. Uh, the, what's remaining now is part of the original vineyard that my mum and dad planted and established, which was musket grapes. And uh, it's uh, now 75 years old. Yeah, wow. We're just keeping that row for sentimental reasons, you know. Just to remember that was oh, the yeah. first vineyard yeah. that my mum and dad planted. But there's nothing else left on this place that they planted. And then uh, going on the changes, well, uh, we then uh, took over the farm with my brother, older brother, two and a half years older than me. And we farmed in that sort of direction, table grapes, stone fruit. And we had this wine grapes, which we used to make wine out of. And then um, Grace and I, Grace being my wife, we took over the farm. And um, because we always liked wine tourism, we started to convert across to, uh, to just vineyard and winery and go into the wine tourism side. So it's been now the last 30 years, uh, last 30 yep. years, yes, last 30 years, all right. Last 30 years that all the stone fruit and table grapes are gone and we're just grow yep. and we're just solely wine producers, yeah. And, you know, reflecting too on what you've seen, do you think it was always, do you think it was inevitable, um, it's probably a better word, that the Apple Blossom Festival was going to turn into something, you know, more than just apple trees and flowers? Um, well, see, what happened there, I think, from what I remember, the apple blossom, it was quite strong. It was, it, it was a very good festival. And then I think um, there was a bit of a lull there for a while. Uh, if I remember correctly, I don't think anything happened for a little while. There we had a year, a year gap. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, some unknown reason. Yeah, we yeah. had a, a festival and queen without a festival. the apple blossom yep. festival was in October, and it's still quite cold. Uh, it can be still quite cold. And I remember many a night watching the parade and we, it was cold. And um, then they came out with the Apple Harvest Festival, I think it was. 
But see, wine grape was not very popular in those days. Yeah. Yeah. It was only a little bit here and there. I think it was apple harvest, and then they came out with the apple and grape harvest. They came out with the apple and grape harvest festival. And that's when uh, they started to introduce the stomping of the grapes and all that throughout the festival, yeah. So it's evolved, you know. It's a festival that has evolved from early beginnings, yeah. like everything else. Yeah. But uh, I think um, I'd like to see something yeah. done for the apple blossom, actually. Because the apple blossom is very pretty, and because there are a lot of dense orchards oh, yeah. on the northern side, you get this beautiful, massive uh, pink and white colour. Yeah. So I think they're starting to do something. I think there's, I think there's one grower on the northern end who's um, who's um, welcoming people to come in and uh, wander through the trees while they're in blossom. Yeah, that's actually probably um, a really good way to end it too. What's old is almost turning new again, isn't yeah. it? That we're trying yeah, to exactly rediscover. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, why we like them. But see, that's a different time of the year, though. Yeah. That's in, uh, and, which is fine, which is fine. I mean, you don't want everything in one go. Yeah. You know, it, it'd be good if, if yeah, yeah, if, yeah, if they uh, did a little here, bit really? of uh, more <laughs> festivity around the apple blossom time, it'd be really great. Yeah. But you need an organisation and you need some input and you need probably... You know, a grant or something to start something like that off, and then you need you need an organisation to keep it going. You know. Hey Sam, thank you so much for making time in your busy yeah. days in the lead up to harvest. Good night. On the next episode of Beyond the Crown, meet Annette Barker, now Annette O'Reilly. Annette found herself crowned Queen of the Apple Blossom Festival, but there was no festival held in 1965. I think for a small community, as Danthorpe was at the time, and it is growing, of course, every year, it has proven to be be a winner because visitors can buy products while they're there, such as apples and grapes. Hear about Annette's rich life across the rock and roll scene of the 60s and a second chance at love marrying into the O'Reilly's family who run the O'Reilly's Rainforest Retreat on the edge of Lamington National Park in the Gold Coast hinterland. She's even had a cameo in a film. I'll give you a hint. You're terrible, Muriel. So tune in next week to hear Annette's story. Beyond the Crown has been made possible by the Regional Arts Development Fund, RADF, and it is a partnership between the Queensland Government and the Southern Downs Regional Council to support local arts and culture in regional Queensland.